Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I am your host, Ross Bolin, here with your other host, Mr. Barrett Dudley. And Barrett, what is this brief mortal life, Ow. if not the pursuit of legacy? It, it's That's exactly what it is. I think about that every day, you know? I wake up every morning, and I say... This day is a gift. This day is a gift. The Tony and Soprano then, of... And then, uh, I, and then I do two things. One, I hit the books. Like, you know I gotta hit the books. Gotta hit the books. Uh, and then two, I, I think about my legacy. Now, if you're so. sitting there going, what are these inside jokes I'm not privy to? That's because you're not watching The Sopranos but, with us right, yeah. on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Probably and you flew should over be. a lot of people's heads. You should be. Barrett and I have been breaking down The Sopranos episode by episode, just like we did with Game of Thrones during its run. Uh, on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. It has been a blast. It's friendly to first-timers and repeat viewers. The other reference made at the top of our show is, of course, to the new House of the Dragon teaser trailer. Barrett, we've talked about this uh, a little bit in the past. The difference between a trailer and a teaser trailer. Did I just did did I just did I did Halo? Did I I do Halo? Did a little Halo, which is ironic (laughs) because I was playing Halo before you came. Um, Halo Infinite, which is awful. Just they totally bombed that, but. I heard the TV show is... There is some vibes, though. It's okay. It's a little similar vibes. In the... But yeah, this is uh, House that of the was, Dragon. That was full-on Halo. This is House of the Sorry. Dragon talk today, though. And the teaser trailer that dropped is one minute and 43 seconds. We can keep talking Halo. You want to jump in the Warthog? No, that's okay. <laughs> um, one minute and 43 seconds of just basically yeah. Hi- hype. Yeah, so, okay, teaser versus trailer. Right. I mean, te- teaser trailer is like the full thing, what they say. Yes. Now, this is a long teaser. It's nearly two minutes, which yeah. is, you're getting to trailer length there. There are plenty of trailers that are right at that, you know, minute 45, two-minute length. Now, a lot of modern-day trailers, you know, everybody's watching these things on YouTube. They can get up to, like, three minutes long, right. which you and I, we don't always love. It's like, you know, save, too much, some, too save, much information. save some of the juice, you know what I mean? Exactly. Now, do I think that we will get another trailer likely next month or in July, early July, maybe right around July 4th, if, if I had to, you know, throw a dart at it? That would make sense. Um, that gives us a little bit more look into the actual story of what might be happening. Yes, we will definitely get something like that. Um, and, and this felt like a teaser. It, yeah. it, it was just, it was another, it was just like one step above the previous teaser, which didn't really give us anything except for a few brief glimpses of what it might look like. And, cool then, eggs. and then some voiceover. This, we got to see some actual imagery. We got to see more characters. We got to see some of the, the visuals of the locations. Um, and that was the thing that really blew me away. we were still yeah. very, very, very light on any plot whatsoever. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that uh, I watched this trailer it got my blood flowing, you know, but I but I understand why some people might watch it and be like, okay, right? Because uh, like I, you know, I watched this. I put it up on the big screen last night, and my real my commentary like afterwards was tight. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> you know what tight. I mean? Like they did. I, I was very happy to see that. Of course, the game of I tried to do the the GOT orchestral music here the ramin dijawadi uh thing you know the, the the score yeah very happy to see that that to hear that that will continue to be used like the sound of the sa- Game like of Thrones. they will continue they will that i i need that you yeah. know i mean in in all in all like you said there's not much plot or premise to be drawn from the teaser trailer which is the no. point they want to this one basically introduced us to 
like the different families that are going to be involved in this show. The different families, and it and it and I would say that it gave us a look at like who uh, who looks to be the two and a half three main characters, right? And then some of the side ones as well that right. are going to be our you know yeah. important side characters. So. Um, starting with the houses that we obviously are introduced to. First of all, I think it goes without saying, the House of the Dragon is a direct reference to House Targaryen. Yeah. And so we are going to have Targaryens um, scattered they, throughout the They are this ruling. Thing. They are, this is this is their rule of Westeros, their long-lasting dynasty. This yes, is sir. A, this is near the, near the beginning, I believe, I want to say. And it seems like the gist of it, from what I can draw, is uh, like in Game of Thrones, right? The game was... To try to take the throne. Everybody wanted the throne. Cersei wants the throne. You know, Ned Stark doesn't want the throne. Robert Baratheon had the throne. But everybody's throning. We're going to have a similar circumstance here. The setup being the Targaryens are on the throne. And there's all these other families plotting for ways that they could... You know, any royal... Even when you get to, like, the Tudors, right? You talk yeah, about... Yeah. It's all these families trying to work their way up the English monarchy and get as close as they can to the king. Historically, that's a thing that has occurred in real real history, right? It's a really interesting point that you're making there. And it's honestly one that I hadn't thought about. Are, are, do you, like... And I don't know whether to put that in the pros or cons list, to be honest. In terms of House of the Dragon. Yeah, the yeah. fact that this could just be like, you know, hitting the replay button with a new cast of characters and, and families that are either semi-familiar, like Valerion, I think, is, is one. That's one of the ones that gets thrown out there, Which is kind of more yeah. old school and, and obviously some type of descendant or subfamily of uh, Targaryen. You know, it's they're from Valyria. Right. Um... You know, there's some recognizable ones. Baratheon comes to mind as is the most prominent, I think. Uh, yeah. So are we kind of? And then there are even references. Are are the guy that I uh, am kind of throwing in there as the maybe a main character? It's uh, you know, he's that he's he's La Cucaracha from The Outsider. What's his What's oh, his name? Shit. Uh, oh God, I can never remember this. Uh, in the group name. text, he was he was tossed out as from I believe the movie The Replacements. He's in the replacements. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Yeah, um, I don't know. Off the top. Anyway, he he looks to be either a main character or a pro- or a prominent secondary character. And he even You're talking about Patty Considine. Patty Considine. That's it. But that's he's it. not actually from the replacements, right? He just looks like that dude. No, that's that's Patty Considine. Straight up. Straight up, bro. Wow, okay. Facts. Huh. Huh. How about that? That's, that's facts, Ross. Um, Big facts. <laughs> so he even has the lines in there about, he's like, they say something about playing the game and he's like, ah, but you might win or whatever that line is. Right. This you motherfucker's not in the replacements. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not in the replacements. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty positive. I'm like 99.9%. Uh, um, okay. But regardless, he is, that dude that you're pointing to, I believe, is the sitting king. In this, in the show that we are going to be jumping into, House of the Dragon, when it drops on August twenty second or whatever, you don't, you don't think that's him? No, that is not him. <laughs> it's a thousand percent not him. Um, well, but all right. Regardless, he is the king. That dude, the actor, Patty Considine, is playing King Viserys, as it were. Right? Oh, okay. So, so we think Matt Smith and the main blonde girl are prince and princess. Um. I don't know. Now you're throwing me, so I'm having to pull up IMDb. You, you might be right. You might be right. That's the thing. So this, Matt this Smith does, is this... playing Damon Targaryen. Patty Considine is Viserys the First. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Okay. Yes. And 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 again, I mean that 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 tracks a little bit. Matt Smith's character has more of the Jon Snow vibe going on. Um and by that I just mean like more like leader of men, warrior, soldier type type okay. guy. Okay. Here's the confusion. The dude that you just pulled up from the replacements is Riz Ifans, I-F-A-N-S. That's yes. him. He is playing Otto Hightower. He's a so member he of the is, Hightower he family. He is in this. So he is in this. We just, <laughs> we're getting confused about which guy. Yes, yeah, so the dude from the replacements that plays the punter or the yes, kicker that they yeah. call Wiry is in this show. Yes, okay, but he plays right. Otto Hightower. So that's where our boy that sent that text failed to clarify exactly what he was referencing. Okay, but all right. Patty Considine is King Viserys Targaryen. Riz Ifans is Otto Hightower. Um, the other families that we're introduced to in the trailer like you said valerian is in there we've got baratheon in there uh we've got i guess there's going to be lannisters at some point i don't know if they're brought up in this particular trailer that i can recall um but we're given like face shots of all these main characters right and then these the thing that again that struck me the most about that what i'm looking for in the teaser trailer is is the setting like we found out they spent roughly 20 mil on each of these episodes, right? That's a massive, massive amount of money. I mean, inflation, you know? Sure, 8% last year. But <laughs> they're, and also that they're trying to, you know, they're going to be competing with the Lord of the Rings franchise on Amazon, who spent a bajillion dollars on, on their entire project, um, like 500 million just to secure it or whatever. But watching the teaser and seeing the backdrop of Westeros again is the thing that really got my blood pumping. And just the style of, of the way it's shot, I mean, and we've got all kinds of just, I guess, set up for what is going on here, right? And one of the things that you'll pick up on if you pay really close attention is that we see Princess Rhaenyra at two different ages. Oh, So to, to get to a way this could be different than Game of Thrones... We might be dealing with separate with timelines, multi- multiple timelines. And that, okay, if you recall, very, about very in vogue, very in vogue about Thrones. Whenever we would get a flashback, they were very few and far between, and they were a huge deal. Like when we'd go see young Cersei talking with that witch who's right, telling her right. her prophecy. Yes, like that kind of shit was a really big deal when it happened on Thrones. It might be a piece of of the way this show operates, House of the Dragon, that we have two separate timelines and we kind of have to figure out exactly what is happening. Now, there's nothing confirmed around that. It's just we we see one of the main characters as two different ages in the teaser trailer. That kind of leads me to believe that's going to play a part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. So, yeah, we see her grown up. She's the princess of Dragonstone, which... I believe is where Danny was born, correct? Yes. On a stormy yes, night. Yep, and that is where a lot of the final seasons took place. Yeah, the, you know, Danny Stormborn, really clever, creative nickname they gave her there. Well, sure, hon. Oh, sure. Um, we've got Uncle Damon, D A E M O N, Damon Targaryen. That's the guy Matt Smith is playing. Uncle. Uh, he's Uncle Damon. Uncle Damon. Uncle Damon. He's, he's just the cool uncle. He's the funkle. He's got himself a dragon egg. And he's, it's like, you know, we've seen the dragon eggs before. Danny's gifted them. She, you know, goes into the fire with them, turns into, spoiler alert, uh, creates three dragons. Well, dragons are obviously going to play a massive part in in this show, right? I mean, this, the whole, the whole lore of the Targaryen family and their rule. Matt Smith as Uncle Damon, he's, he, that means he's a, he's a brother. Uncle Father Damon. He's a, Um, he's a brother to King Viserys? I believe so. Okay. Yes. Because the, the thing about it is that, that 
Both my brothers were soldiers. Ah, yeah. Well, this one is a soldier, <laughs> Uncle Damon. He's got at least soldier garb on. And uh, it appears he is delivering a dragon egg to someone, and we don't know what that's about, obviously. But it's another yeah. one of the things that makes you go, oh, what, what the hell's happening here? We, uh, the Hightower family is one, one of the ones that stuck out to me as like, okay, I don't remember them from Game of Thrones. Don't know anything about them. So looking forward to learning more. Oh, uh, yeah. got- okay, so now who is from High Garden? In Game of Thrones, that was uh, the the Rose family. Doing the Google right as fast on the as tip I can. of my tongue. How's Tyrell? Tyrell, thank yeah. you. Okay, yeah, and I think you know that that's what that's one of the you know that will be fun. That part will be fun is because we've heard lots and lots. I think it'll be fun to like have all the little Easter eggs for the Game of Thrones fans, right? For sure, because we've heard lots of these names before. And reference to their histories and yeah, the past. So, like, Renera is one that I, I know we've heard that name before, right? But I, but it's it's hard to know how. And then this is King Viserys, Danny's brother, obviously named after this king. So there's all these little things. And, we, you know, we know through the story of the Song and Ice and Fire about how, you know, the Lannisters who live at uh, Casterly, Casterly Rock. There you go. They took that place. Right. They... D- destroyed another house to make that their own so it, it, we'll get like a lot of that type of backstory like who like high towers might live in high garden that that might be they might be the predecessors to the tyrells I, I don't actually know but all those little type of types of things like seeing who the houses were maybe baratheon isn't as big of a house as it is in the song of ice and fire so i would expect like it not to be all, yeah. all the little kind of like little small machinations and kind of getting the the history is i i think will be a lot of fun that for anybody that was invested in kind of the nitty-gritty uh stuff um you know and and story lore canon book readers in uh in in song of ice and fire game of thrones for so. sure um, one of the really noticeable elements of the teaser trailer that pops out is when you see King Viserys standing in front of the Iron Throne, mm-hmm. and the Iron Throne is way more akin to what it's described as in the books yeah. than it is the weak-ass shell of itself that we see on Game of Thrones. It has the swords and spikes and shit like leading up to it and all around it, and it, it's just it's a lot more impactful in my opinion, than the version of it that we got in Game of Thrones. So I'm stoked on that. Um, To your point that you brought up earlier, it is going to be interesting to see how they do the plot. Like, the two timelines thing being a potential twist is is great. I love that. But they're going to need to have ways that differentiate this from the original. And if it's just, hey, here's all these families trying to get the throne, it's not really as appealing to me as if we get some kind of setup that's more complex, complicated. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's why I said up front, though, I don't know if it's a, if it's necessarily a pro or a con. It, right. It's, it's because... It's, we just don't know yet. Because, right? because what did we always say that we loved about those first five seasons of Game of Thrones? It's just, it's the people talking, man. It's, yeah. the, it's the chamber politics. It's the, it's the back-channeling. It is the families, like, you know... Bobbing and weaving, and scheming, tr- yeah. scheming, trying to figure out their way to the top or just their way to survival. Right. You know, in the case of a family like the Starks, seemingly, even though they, they you know, they're they're aggressors in in some cases as well, um, or on the offensive, if 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 you will. But that so as long as the story is sound, as long as it's good, then then I'm okay with it being the same general thing. That's what I loved about Game of Thrones. Sure, and I mean, especially because for everybody who listened to OCC during Game of Thrones' original run, you'll remember 
a big part of season one, especially the first few episodes, was me trying to figure out who the hell everyone was mm-hmm. and remember all of their names and put names to faces and get that shit locked in so that so that we could discuss the show moving forward. I mean, that's going to be one of the big challenges for all of us during this first episode when it drops in August is uh, putting on our thinking caps and remembering who's who. Well, and that will definitely, I mean, you 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 asked for complexity. If there are two timelines, there will definitely be some complexity. For sure. Um, that, that, that's, I, I'm, uh, the, that's a thing. That's like a wrinkle that sounds ambitious and could be cool, but you don't want it to get, overly complicated you don't want, you don't want to them be to bite off more than they can chew like and then dark we, right and then we kind of lose the the plot yeah i so. figured out who some of the characters in dark were during its <laughs> final season it's like oh oh that's him when he's older you know what i mean it's yeah, like that yeah. that got really really difficult um that was also entirely in german so it know. was that's slightly different yeah the other houses that uh, i had not heard of house westerling is is given some mention how strong is another one we're going to deal deal with house beesbury i mean there are going to be a lot house valerian obviously is the one that we've heard of but never met any characters directly from house hightower those are all going to be new and that for that reason alone my worries about this feeling too much like a restart mm-hmm. uh, you know or just or just doing the same thing again in a different era are kind of washed away just because it's like even if that is the case I, I don't know anything about these families right i don't know anything about these characters i don't really remember what the any of the backstory is and because i'm not one of the people who jumped super far into the lore i read the books but everybody knows i don't remember anything from them mm-hmm. um nothing will be ruined for me in that way sure. right so the biggest things for me the biggest things i was looking for like look and feel does it look and feel as expensive as it was? And is it gonna be is it gonna be akin to what we got on Game of Thrones, where so much of the draw week by week was the I mean, especially as we got deeper into the seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Was the settings, these huge, fucking crazy CGI world that that they've created in the form of Westeros. Um, and to ease your worries even further, George R. R. Martin obviously is, you know, somewhat attached to this project he's a he's, big part of it apparently he's an executive producer and he's um already come out and said that he thinks they did a, if if you like the storytelling side of it that they're doing a really great job yeah and i don't think he would put his ass on the line um in that way like throw his opinion out there this early unless he was really 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 confident in what he had gotten to see so far so yeah that makes me feel good that George is George is stoked. Yeah, I, I I feel good in general, and I'm at this point I'm just I'm really I'm geared up to 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 get this thing started. Um, I, We're I, so I, close, man. It's going to sneak up on us quick. It, it will. It'll come really fast. The the you know the summer months always fly by anyway. We're already in May. This thing pops in August. So, uh, yeah, I, I just a couple throw you know things to throw out there for me. I already mentioned the music. So awesome to hear the music. That was definitely one of the big things. It was just like, I'm so I'm just ready to go back to this world. Yes. We always talk like that's that's we that's another thing that we that we constantly bring up when we talk about TV shows is like, and and is especially big one for me. Do I just like hanging out in this place? Do I like being in this world with these characters? And I'm I'm so I'm excited to return to Westeros because it's a fun place to be, and it's it's just it and and I trust HBO and this team like you already mentioned, to get the look and the feel very right. Yeah. For, um, it was, re- and then a couple other things, go ahead. Uh, just for anybody who was like, I still have the bad taste of Game of Thrones final season in my mouth. Like you're being a buzzkill at this point. 
You need to get over it. Are you hearing that? Are you hearing that type of backlash already? It's, it's honestly, it's less than I expected, but I am seeing some of the negativity of like, no, I'm never going back. They lost my trust. <laughs> and I'm like, you're an idiot. You're going to miss out on this with all of us. Like the yeah. odds that HBO tanks the first Game of Thrones spinoff, in this case, a prequel, that they have the opportunity to, if you're not paying attention to like Marvel and what they've accomplished over the past 20 years and making billions and billions and billions of dollars off that yep. franchise, like that's the opportunity, a version of that opportunity that HBO has with Game of Thrones. If they can spin Westeros into this right. property that's going to be a bunch of different shows and yep. make them high quality, then then that's it. They're they win forever. Yeah, and, and we talked about this when the when the um, the launch date was announced. the The fact that they are usurping and and going toe to toe with the Amazon Lord of the Rings show it, that that's the biggest sign of confidence that they could that they could have done. Yeah, I mean they I, they could have waited. They could have bumped this back to October, November, captured the holiday spirit. You know, gotten the fall season. Like that's a that's honestly a bigger TV time. Probably then late summer, but they went for the throat. But they went for the throat. They said, "We're gonna, we are going to step on your toes, Amazon," and that 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 just that that to me says that they feel really really good about this because um, you know the media and us included will pit these things against each other and compare and, con and contrast course. them. So if if they felt there was even a chance that they were going to put this out and then that Amazon and Bezos would be able to dump all over it with their Lord of the Rings franchise being so much better and more impressive or something. Yeah. I mean, that just, there's no way. There's just no way. Yeah. A uh, few other tidbits. I, there was some armor that looked really, really badass. That's always something that they nailed the the first go round. It's I think it's in that scene when Matt Smith is carrying the, the egg and the there's dragon like, egg, yeah. there's some other people on the, you know, Fit kind of facing him as they walk up some stairs of Dragonstone or whatever. Some really badass armor. Uh, and then the dragons, the dragons, they obviously have the CGI nailed down, locked up tight, and and the dragons look great. And, uh, and yeah, yeah. I do have a level of concern around how much, like, we, like we've already talked about, the dragon stuff in the final season, in season eight of Thrones, did get a little bit weird and silly when, particularly at the Battle of Winterfell, when we were like, why what, they're not helping they're flying around in the damn sky fighting with the night king the whole time they've got no there's nobody mm -hmm. what the hell um it is such a massive i mean advantage to yeah. have in yeah. a fight a dragon that that house targaryen being the dragon family the house of the dragon and having all these dragons is obviously going to be a huge part in why they have their power and how they're able to hold on to it oh yeah um and it does make me wonder exactly how much dragon stuff is going to occur now if i had to take a stab at it i would assume they still harness that as huge moment shit like i don't think we're just going to be having dragons willy-nilly flying all around the fucking city all the time <laughs> like in every episode like i just don't I, see that happening I, I think that's probably accurate so yeah. more than likely they will find ways to use the dragons to make those scenes incredibly impactful and powerful when they do um another thing that was said in this uh trailer one of the lines that caught my attention was that these men would rather put the world to the torch than allow a woman to ascend the iron throne yep which it it does it plays partially into the fact that we're obviously going to have some female characters attempting to work their way through the world that is run by men in Westeros or in line for the throne or in line for what the throne. Is what it sounds like in the case of Princess Rhaenyra. And like, if for those of you who are really familiar with period pieces, and like oftentimes the issue at hand 
is trying to get rid of the heir so that you're the heir mm. or arguing the heir's uh, legitimacy right. or illegitimacy for the sake. Like, I guess it happened claim. a little bit with the, uh, the claim to the throne. Yeah, it happened Who's a little bit with Joffrey. Remember with Joffrey, they were like, ah, he's, a, he's actually a bastard. He has no claim. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really ever come into play uh, right. on account of him, you know, being poisoned to death. But that could be a piece of it that's a little bit different here as well. And the nitpicking on stuff like that has got to be a, like, you can't do it because that's just, those are every medieval story you go read. Every story about like the way, way, way back in the day monarchies dealing with the drama that they dealt with. That's one of the major pieces is, yeah. is people trying to weasel their way into a position where they're supposed to be the next one on the throne. Or if two people died, they'd be the next one on the throne. And then those two people's lives are at risk because everybody else wants to be on the throne just gonna be a lot of throne talk but also it was like a direct callback to the fact that when danny actually did get close to the iron throne she's the one who put the whole world to the torch mm -hmm. wasn't actually men it was, it was a woman uh that's just my argument as a man <laughs> but yeah there's some intense we don't get like a whole lot of fighting we get like there's a duel we see that looks like a duel anyway going one, on for about three seconds one guy looks like he spanks another soldier with his sword there's some weird <laughs> I don't, he, somebody's bent over a barrel there, yeah, getting yeah. it. Like, I, maybe he's like getting his legs chopped off, but it, it just looks like he's spanking him. It does it's look like a funny. spanking. It does yeah. look like a spanking. And then there's a one of the women running with like a knife, and and it just basically they're putting it out there. They, here are the vibes. These are the vibes. Prepare yeah. your mind for these vibes because they're coming in August, and and uh, yeah, I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked. There's a baddie. I believe that the the actress's name is Olivia Cook, looking fine as hell. She is. Alicent Hightower. Alicent. Alicent, yes. Yeah. Alice with an N-T on the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There, yeah. Yep, going to be some interesting names that oh, yeah. uh, your boy has to memorize and not fuck up week by week. Yeah, uh, uh, we were watching the trailer and Laura said, what's the princess's name? Like she wanted to look up the family tree. And I said, it's Rhaenyra. And then I attempted to spell it. And then we watched with subtitles and I fucking nailed it. Wow. Yeah, so my... My uh, my Valyrian spellings, they're just already, they're already buzzing, man. You know Is there what I mean? an H in there? There is an H. R-H. R-H-A-E-N-Y-R-A. Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. That's what I'm going to go with until I'm corrected. Okay. Yeah. Rhaenyra Targaryen. Yeah. So, teaser's out. If you haven't watched it, I don't know what the hell you've been doing. <laughs> It's um, obviously something you need to peep. Did you have any other further thoughts, feelings? No, takes? no. I'm I'm, I'm going to save the rest of my questions for uh, for later episodes as we as we lead up to to August. Do you think they've prepared a an ending to this show? Do you know anything about that? Do you think they have any like? Is this they're throwing out a season? They're going to see how it goes, or maybe they hopefully learned their lesson and know this shouldn't be longer than five seasons or so, something like that. So here's the thing. The, this ending is already written because it is part of George R. R. Martin's lore, yeah. The the history that he wrote for Westeros. Uh -huh. So everything that happens between now and you know essentially Robert's Rebellion is written down and is is, is essentially factual. You know, I'm doing air quotes there. Right, is nonfiction fact based on his own canon. So we're not having to worry about so the, the fact the, that he there, hadn't finished the book. There really yet. is not a worry here that they won't know how to finish this. It's there. It, it really will be more about where do they, how far do they want to go in the timeline, up until Song of Ice and Fire. Now I think that's like two or three hundred years. So 
do I think we get all 300 years? No, I do not. 27 seasons. Uh, 27. House yeah. of the Dragon. Yeah. But um, but but so no, I'm I'm not worried. Like that's one advantage that they have is that this is essentially, uh, you know, all the 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 outline has already essentially created, and they just get to fill in, you know, where they want to. And which uh, and that's where we have you know all the faith in the world in HBO, obviously. So yep. really looking forward to it. Glad to see the Starks and. Baratheons and Targaryens and Valerians all back oh, on there the is screen a Stark. again. There is a Stark name. There is some yes. Stark involved. Rickard, Rickard Stark. Rickard, yeah, which is a guy we'd heard referenced. We definitely heard him referenced as well on Game of Thrones. Um, so yeah, going to be exciting. I, I imagine that he might be the king in the north. King in the north. Going to be exciting. We're going to bring back a lot of our old jokes and phrases as oh, the, as we see sure fit. Then. We'll see if anybody's brothers or soldiers. <laughs> Cannot wait for August. Obviously, we uh, we hope to see you all there for episode one when it airs. And we will be breaking it down just like we did with Game of Thrones right here on Apple or Spotify or whatever major podcast platform you are listening on. Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Felix Gray Glasses. Five years ago, Felix Gray set out to create eyewear that would improve daily screen time. And since then, Felix Gray has been on a mission to create a better relationship with technology. Their lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. I've been working on the internet for over a decade now. I spend like 10 hours a day staring at screens. My eyes get worn out. And when I'm done with work, I like to relax by watching my favorite shows and movies and also gaming, all of which involve screens. So a couple few years ago when I was introduced to Felix Grey, everything changed. These glasses are the quality of designer frames. It's not some cheap blue light coating painted over them that's going to chip off. That never happens. There's no chipping, no cheapness. Just incredible quality designer frames that are stylish and functional as they protect your eyes from all the blue light that the screens we rely upon emit. Really difficult to cut back on screen time, especially if your job depends on it like me. But you can do yourself a solid and get yourself some Felix Grays to get relief from the headaches, dry eyes, blurry vision, and what have you that occurs over the course of your workday. I've got like six pairs now, but my favorite frames for y'all to check out are the Faraday, the Nash, and the West. Make sure by the time Game of Thrones comes around, you have got yourself a pair of Felix Grays to protect your eyes and enjoy that show to its fullest by using our URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC to support the show, and you will get free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges. Non-prescription and prescription available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash OCC for free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges. Appreciate Felix Gray for all the support, and thank you to those of you who have grabbed yourself some glasses. They're awesome. I cannot speak enough to how effective they are in making your eyes less aggravated, annoyed, and uh, tired by the end of the day, especially if you're watching a ton of TV and playing a ton of video games. So, Barrett and I have obviously been uh, watching our share of television and movies yes. throughout the course of the last several months as we've worked our way toward uh, regularly recording again for the House of the Dragon stuff. One of the shows that you and I watched and finished that was yelled from all every corner of the internet at me when I find before I finally broke a couple weeks ago was Apple TV Plus's Severance. Now I do not have good experience with Apple TV Plus. I uh, I watched the first episode of that Jason Momoa show mm-hmm. and I was laughing so much that within 20 minutes I was like I got to get the fuck out of here. Yep. This is this is going to destroy Cal Drogo for me forever. <laughs> I'm done. Um and it was one of the things that made me hesitant to go jump into Severance because all these people were telling me oh it's incredible, it's incredible, you're going to love Severance and I was like man fuck Apple. Yeah. I finally broke. I finished the show in 2 days. 2 days. Like 
that, that was it. I haven't binged anything like I binged Severance in a minute. It has been a while since I've watched anything that I was this excited to talk to you about. Yeah, it's a very addictive watch. It yeah. is. Uh, draws you right in. And also, I would note, I think this one hits as hard as it does for me because of our age. Like, we, we've been working in the world of, uh, you know, corporate America, you could say, or whatever. Not really, but sort of. Um, for like a decade now. Uh, sure. And the older you get, and especially into your mid-30s and shit, you kind of start to have an appreciation for what your work-life balance does to you as a human, right? Like how, how uh, unfortunate it can be. Because it feels like work is most of what I do, and there's very little life involvement. So mm-hmm. the premise for Severance alone um, that is laid out for you in the first episode, I would add, was enough to get me really interested in what was going to happen now by episode three which is typically my you know i always tell people you got to watch three episodes before you can really judge by episode three i was based on the fact that i finished it by the next day completely (laughs) drawn in like it was fucking over for me and the only bad thing i can even say about this show to start is that the middle got a little slow where the the first three episodes i was like holy shit holy shit holy shit holy shit this is amazing what the hell and then there was a little middle part where i was like all right let's get to it let's get to the Let's get to the craziness at the end that everybody can see coming who's watched Severance. Um, is so that, there, I will, say, there is will obviously be Severance spoilers from, from this moment. That's what I was going to say. Do you want to go full? We have to, I think. We have to be able to discuss it in, in a yeah, spoilery uh, way. Well, okay. Let's do a few minutes. That, let's do a few minutes that's just like pitching gen- people on watching. General it. thoughts, feelings, the pitch of the show, and then we can, we can go into spoilers. Okay. Um, starring Adam Scott. Yep. Who... I guess most famous from Parks and Recs. Is that his? Yeah, I would say thing? that's his biggest thing. But you know him from like every, a million other things, from Party Down to Old uh, Step Brothers. Yeah, true. Step Brothers. You know, he's got the abs. A, a lot. He's smoking a joint in the car. Feels a little <laughs> spacey. Gets punched in the face by John C. Riley or Will Ferrell. I can't remember which one throws the punch, but John C. Riley. Yeah, Adam Scott, um, pretty well-known guy, and you know. Not that I'm not a huge fan of him, but he wasn't exactly the draw. The thing that pulled me was when I saw that most of, I think almost all the episodes, if not all of them, are directed by Ben, ben Stiller. Ben Stiller directed the entire thing. Yeah. So that is where I was like, well, that's really interesting to me. Ben Stiller is a guy that you and I kind of grew up on in some ways, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, from heavyweights with Tony Perkis to him playing pretty much that same character in Dodgeball to uh, you and I seeing that movie... Uh, Envy in theaters and then having to swear to never speak of it because it was so yep. fucking bad. Ben Stiller I mean, and Jack Black. And, and, and please do not forget, maybe our most quoted movie of high school, Zoolander. Zoolander, Zoolander of course. Um, also, Ben Stiller. Yeah, he was. he's one of those guys. Like, he's in the top tier of comedy actors in Hollywood that kind of raised us, right? Meet the Parents. Like, yep, Meet the Parents is another yes, one that I have, still yeah. go watch and it's freaking hilarious because it's so awkward and I, I just can't get enough of it. But that was a big draw for me with Severance. Ben Stiller directed every episode. He's the director. As, it's like, it says Severance and then above Severance, it's like directed by Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. And um, man, that dude is talented because this shit is amazing. Uh, so yeah, and, and I think this is, this is my favorite show that I've watched so far this year. Um, I agree. Now, we are in a moment here in April and May of the year of our Lord 2022, where I, I I think this is the largest surplus of good shows that have ever been out at the same time all at once. 
this has always been like a waterfall, but like the dam has completely been busted through and there's just too much to get through. And I think like, a lot of that's because of the pandemic and the restrictions it, they had early on. It, it might be. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and there's just, you know, we are now at like full, full capacity of all the streaming services. So, uh, I mean, we can like, I'll try to just name some of the shit that's out there right now. Some of which I am watching, some of which I am trying to catch up to some of which I just don't have time for and may never, but like on Apple TV, there's Pachinko, um, also being talked about as one of the best shows of the year already. There's slow horses starring Gary Oldman, which is an adaptation of a spy novel, which people are really thrilled about. Tight. There is the new season of better call Saul, the new season of Atlanta, the new season of Barry, uh, winning time is almost at its uh, at its all run. caught up on that. Loving there's the, it. There's the offer on Paramount Plus, the TV show about the making of The Godfather. Yeah, there dude. Is the man who fell from heaven, the man who fell from heaven, or the man who fell to earth, the one starring Andrew Garfield, which is based on a John Krakauer novel. Like, the, the, and and there are definitely ones that I am forgetting as well. Right. But there are like ten or twelve. T- Stranger Things is about to come back. Oh, the, uh, um. The dropout uh, was out there. The, the Netflix uh, Ozark, the final season, Ozark's just, just final came season out. is out. So there is just like there are literal like if you so many zeitgeist shows right now. You we own this. Watching, we own this city. I have city. to. I have to. Yes, throw out ab- there. no, that's yeah. absolutely another one. Yeah. Anyway, point being, there are like ten to fifteen shows that like I would like to watch right now, and there's just not enough time. So so there's a lot that I haven't gotten gotten to. Severance is my favorite that I have gotten to of the year. And the, the, the reason that I wanted to like put all of that is, you know, as the backdrop is because there's a lot of good returning shows. There are a lot of good adaptations. What I love so much about this is that it is such, it's simple. The idea is simple, but it's new. This is Very not original. something that has ever been covered before. It's not something we've ever seen tackled on TV. It's not based on like a best-selling novel. At least I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, and it's just like, and it's not a sequel. It's not pulled from some IP. It's, it's, you know, it's not, not Star Wars or Marvel or anything else. Um, and it was just like somebody, I just love the fact that was somebody was like, and you even like tweeted it in a very simple way. Kind of be cool or interesting if you had a work brain and a home brain and those two things knew nothing about one each other right you did not carry memories or knowledge from one place to the other because it's so i mean so you everyone who's worked ever is aware of the fact that like you go to work and sometimes because of shit that's going on at home you bring your personal suck at work and then more often you go home and you suck at home because you're carrying your work stuff and so like yeah the premise for the show i'll just read you the little synopsis mark leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and personal lives when a mysterious colleague appears outside of work it begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs that's the pitch right there now on its face i'm like damn that's really interesting because again like you just said i've never seen anything like this before i've never seen anything that attacks that issue that we all have in in you know the greatest uh what kind of economy do we have what are we what's what's the capitalism capitalist greatest capitalist uh, nation ever built um it's a massive problem for all of us it's it's it can be you know brutal mm-hmm. to depending on what you have going on at work or what you have going on at home the way they interact with each other so this show's premise by itself was really interesting to me now the way that unfolds I could have never predicted. Like you said, it's very simple. They didn't overcomplicate this. There's not a whole bunch of different sets. It's really only like two, three places you go in the yeah. whole se- the whole season. Yeah. And that makes it 
relatively easy to follow. You don't need a galaxy brain to be able to understand what's occurring on this show. Right. But everything that occurs on this show has so much depth to it that you can read into it in a whole bunch of different ways. And it apply. It's just it's all these different analogies for life end up coming up. Yeah. Um, and then the way things go, obviously, you know, I don't think anybody that unless you're one of the writers could have predicted. And then there, and then of course it does. Like not not only does it have all that, but it also has like a central mystery, which is very compelling. Yes. Which is like this company that is implanting these severance chips and has a severed floor for their severed workers. What is it? What are they doing? Right, and right. that, and 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 so I think that so you that's, got that big tech company mystery to it yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think we could probably move into spoiler territory from there. Let's do that. But it stars Adam Scott, Zach Cherry, Britt Lauer, uh, Tramel Tillman, Jen Tullock, and a number of John Turturro is one of the obviously yep, very yep. famous people. Christopher Walken and Patricia Patricia Arquette. Arquette. Yeah. Uh, so they got some really heavy hitters, which is one of the things that I'll say Apple TV has done a great job with. And that's a big part of their marketing campaign is that they're like, look at all the freaking A-listers we have. And then if you scroll to the yeah. bottom of your Apple TV Plus, it's like, pick from your favorite actors and actresses. Yeah, they right? would like you to be distracted by the celebrities and beautiful people. They yeah. would. They want you to be <laughs> as distracted as possible by the beautiful celebrities. Um, it premiered February 18th of 2022. So it's been out for a couple months now and uh, didn't take they, they, long. They were dropping weekly, though. So it didn't wrap up until sometime in April. Okay, cool. Yeah. So only recently, yeah. Um, was renewed for a second season yes. already. And from here on, we will be jumping into spoiler territory. So if you have yeah. not watched Severance, go watch it. I cannot recommend another show more highly because I finished it. If I could, it would be We Own This City, but I can't. So it's Severance. <laughs> um, damn. This yeah. shit. Yeah. I mean, it was from the second they get into his wife died in a car crash mm-hmm. i had that like flagged as a did she die in a at, car crash 100 percent. yeah because we never yep. get any car crash footage or any real pictures of her or any we don't know who she is there's no picture we get no, no visuals nothing and that was a little bit of a red flag to me which obviously plays out hugely by the end of the season yeah there's i think you know from the jump from the i get well not until the second episode which is the first time that you see the the intro right the, the title screen right something sinister is kind of going on here at uh at uh at lumen l-u-m-o-n the, the corporation lumen that is, industries that that is uh that is doing the severance and it, everything is just really off and weird you know what I mean? Like Patri- like both uh, Patricia Arquette's character. Bro, she's such and then, a weirdo. Um, McCullough, McKip- Mc- what's the the, uh, the the kind of the order the orderly's I name? I forget this dude. Mitchkin? Mitch- Mitch- yeah. Mil- Milchik. Milchik. M-I-L-C-H-I-C-K. Yeah. Milchik. Uh, very creepy from the jump. Tramel Tillman plays Milchik, and if I had to pick an MVP, that dude's close. Yeah. Like uh, that dude's smile alone. Like, yes, every every character, you can tell something is off. And so I so I think what what was cool is that you that you know that this shit is weird, right? Like all the things that they get, and and when um when when uh, not Irv, but uh, but what's the the big guy's name? The guy, Dylan. Dylan. Thank you. When Dylan is kind of like explaining what they what they do, and then the prizes that they get, you're, like, you're like, what? Okay. What's, what the fuck? Uh, the melon party is like one of the first things yeah, that the you see. Yeah. The finger traps. The 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 and those remind me of like the weird corporate deal toys yeah, that like yeah. You know, you close out a forty million dollar deal and for your like, law firm, here's and they're a like, plaque. "Here's a fucking little crystal <laughs> pyramid to put on your 
desk. Or like one of those little ball clacky thingies. Yes. Yeah. Those are actually, I think that's the best one you can possibly get. I love those things. Um, but yeah, it gives you that feel of like, well, first of all, like you said, when he explains what they do, you're like, what? The, yeah. So what in the find macro, the, the macro the, data refinement, find the scary numbers. MDR. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find the scary numbers. And we never really get an answer to that. Nope. We still like, don't have one. That's one of my favorite things about this show. It didn't answer very much in the season. So I don't know how much you, I, I didn't do a whole lot of like internet or Reddit diving. I avoided it entirely. We, but, but, but we definitely talked about it. Do you, what, what, any theories, any thoughts on what they might be doing with the, with as those far numbers? As, Oh, what, um, do you, what do you think the macro def- data refinement is? At, at first, my theory was that it was some kind of social experiment to see if they would even do it at all. But to jump to where we, I mean, to, to answer your question with another piece of the story, when we find out that Heli is in fact a an Egan, an Egan at the end of the at the end of the season, I, I it makes me not have a freaking clue. Because they've got her in there doing it too, yeah. And so, she's an Egan, but their lack—it's the part of the deal in this show—is there the innies are not human to them. The innies are completely worthless. Their thoughts, feelings are not to be considered. They almost talk about them like a subspecies. It's mm-hmm. fucking weird. It's it's just got like the mo- every hateful undertone you could apply when they talk about the innies is applied. And it it just, that brought a whole nother level of confusion for me. Like, all right, I get why they would have an Egan do this because they're trying to pitch this as this next big tech thing for Mm -hmm. everyone in the whole world, right? They want everybody to be severed, which takes us to a completely different part of the story where throughout the course of the season, I mean, it didn't really happen for me till the last two episodes, but I started to go, oh, wait, what the fuck? Like, Michigan's not severed? Like... Patricia Arquette's not, not severed. severed. Right. Like this Congress congressman's wife is severed, but in life, not the reverse of the work life. Like she, she, what, what was that? What was that? So, she didn't want to be a mom? So, no. So that, 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 that was essentially severed pregnancy. So that she wouldn't have to experience the pains and frustrations of pregnancy, of pregnancy. in her present brain. Yes. Okay, so that that's where the show gets really interesting because so, you can apply yeah. it to these bigger picture scenarios, the most obvious of which is military. Okay, yeah. I mean, who there, the there, fuck wants to go to war as like, I mean, not very many sure. people, right? But there's, but, but I, I think that's an, it's something that the, so, that the show does over the course of those first three episodes where you suddenly, where it starts like clicking for you. That how this is could so easily turn into subjugation, right? right? Because they're they you know you are essentially reborn um, as an innie, right? And and I'll just let quick aside. It's one of my w- one of the questions that I I don't necessarily need answers to, but it is interesting because you are reborn, and and I'll actually use this to spin off into one of my theories about what they're doing with the numbers. Um, you're reborn it, as an innie. And you have no memories, but you obviously still have like contextual knowledge of the world. You can speak. You You, know how door handles work. You know what you know what a car is, right? For example, you're not a blank slate. You're not a completely blank slate. You just don't know who you are. You just have no like personal memories. So yeah, yeah. So your personality and your person, the things that make you human, right, are all wiped and gone. Right. But you still have like a baseline knowledge of things, which is weird because you the way that you get that knowledge is through memory. It's through sure. learning. It's 
So the that, only piece that's sort of explained is that when they when they implant when they put the implant into your head, they're they're hitting a specific part of your brain or whatever. They yep. just blah blah blah. So I don't know if we'll ever get further explanation on that. Maybe not. But that's but one of the things that I thought about with the numbers is is it is it something to do with severed people? Are they like removing memories? Are they pulling out? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's something. interesting. But I, but it also very well could be that they are not doing anything. That right. they, this is just a menial task that doesn't actually mean anything, and they let they just let them do whatever. You well, because one the, of the it's strange because the board right that's behind all this, which uh, another theory that I have, I think that the board is one person. I think it's the subconscious of all the dead Egans uploaded into a fucking computer. Okay. <laughs> because when, when Papa Egan comes in and talks to uh-huh. Heli and he's like, you know, one day I'm going to be on, I forget the word he uses, but it was something that then goes unexplained. He's talking about what's going to happen to him after he dies, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. it made it seem like a little Westworldy okay. in that way where I was like, okay, so are they going to be like uploading this yeah. dead old white dude and they've got the fucking statue room where all the old Egans have a... Uh, what what is that? A, a wax museum yeah, version a, yes. of them in there? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's in, the the numbers thing is still my biggest question because it's like because there's never a reference. The board never says. I mean, we don't get to hear the board. Period. Because it's a yep. earpiece and some and a proxy, yeah, random person. But Patricia Arquette never says anything about like, Harmony never mentions Miss Cobell never says what the hell is happening or no. why it matters that they hit their deadline by their deadline right we don't know and for that it's like it makes me wonder if they've even decided or if they had even or decided it, yeah, for season or, one if it matters yeah. right or if those people or if Milchick and uh and Harmony know if they know what the the end the end game and that's is why it's important here, really. because it actually does apply yeah. to something perhaps uh, and and that's something that 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 I picked up on early is how like is is how experimental it all felt, um, and 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 just back to to the course of what I was saying is 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 that like when when it clicks for you that your any never leaves work, your any does not exist outside that place. exist outside yeah. of that place, and therefore never does things like sleep, never gets a break, never, never gets vacations. a break, never no yeah no vacation. No they fun and games. They literally just exist in a place of work. That's when that really kind of like hits you. Yeah. Oh, this is bad. That's dark. <laughs> this is dark. That's some dark shit. This yeah. is really, really dark. And if and if you separate a piece off of yourself that you never have any knowledge about, then you're get then you then you lose the the control over what happens to that person as well. So it's really freaky kind of. Which is where know? I mean, that's the obviously most interesting development in the show is that the innies then. They they are human. They yeah, do have they human are, characteristics. Yes, yeah. They want freedom. They are curious. They have all these questions. And the Lumen staff has put all these measures in place to try to keep these people on the path, right? Yeah. And um, obviously the end game being a, a fucking waffle orgy or pancake orgy yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Breakfast food. Should we and, talk about the waffle let's party just, let's orgy? Just, we might as well. because <laughs> the we, ultimate prize. In I the, don't want to forget about it. For the innies. So Dylan wins in the end because uh mark says like oh no nah, that's really more dylan's thing you know let him have the waffle party <laughs> and so he goes and has it and in the house of the former founder that's yeah. been re- rebuilt to be exactly as it was or whatever so you get a you get a stack of square waffles right butter and syrup the works right you finish the plate and there's a quote on the uh, on it. it says get in the bed get, that, that's right <laughs> And he gets in the bed. So then you get in the bed, and there's like a cat of nine tails on there. 
Yeah, and I think each of the nine tails on the whip has the tenants of the Egans or whatever okay. written on them or something. So, any thoughts on Lumen, Kirigan? It like very culty, right? Like for this sure, is a cult. It kind of also as well as a corporation. I think by definition that what the Egans have built is a cult. Yeah. Okay. Because if you've got like when you see Harmony Cabell go to her like altar, her little shrine, and, yeah, you, f- yeah. and you start to realize like, wait, she's doing all this by choice. She's not severed. She's not under control by somebody else. Like this is legitimately. And then when she got when she gets let go, when she gets fired, and you're like, oh, sick, Harmony's gonna be on the other team now. Mm-hmm. The thing that drives home, yeah, this is a cult, is that when she finds out, Mark, that the innie is out, she fucking loses it and goes to try to help, right? Yep. Yeah, it, she fl- goes it flips back, her back. Yep. Even not being a part of the organization anymore. So yes. that's where I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a full-blown cult. Full-blown brainwashing, um, which, you know, that part of it is interesting because we know corporations can be culty. But to have one be a full-blown cult... With all of this insidious shit going on, is just is fascinating. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was interesting that she got all the way. She, I mean, Harmony makes it to the thing, and I expect her to like run up and stab <laughs> Helly in the side of the head or something. <laughs> and instead, she's like, "Don't do this shit." And Helly's like, "Fuck you! I'm going out there." Yeah, right. So, yeah. and then we don't get to find out what happens. That's yeah. the biggest. The thing about this show that was the biggest kick in the ass was when episode nine ends, and it hit me like. I think they made the 10th episode, <laughs> and then they went, you know what? No, this is a better cliffhanger. Fuck them. They can wait a year. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I have no real evidence to prove that that's the case. But it, it does feel like at some point the decision was obviously made to do as big and bad of a cliffhanger as possible to draw us all back for season I, two. I, I agree. It feels like this this show could have been one season if they just wanted a tight little story that yeah. you know that really left left you thinking and, and was, was very thought-provoking. Um, that would have required a 10th episode. And it's like somewhere along the line, did they find out that they were getting a second season and they like re-edited it? Or they were just like, this is so good, there's no way we don't get a second season. You know (laughs) what I mean? Right, right, right. Something Um, happened though. So big reveal, which I think uh, you you probably had some idea something like this was coming. Right. Because it just felt too obvious that like, that that Lumen would be doing some some other messed up shit. There's even a a, a line in maybe the fifth or sixth episode that uh, refers to Gemma, whose name I can't remember uh, her any's name as a or, or they they refer to somebody as either a part time any. Oh, Miss Casey, Miss Casey, or a full time any. I can't remember which which way they went, but obviously she is a full time any. So she is only an any. And she's only activated or something when needed. That was the line. I think they basically implied Miss Casey is just not, she's not just walking around doing her sure. job like all these other people. It's almost like she's in cold storage to right. bring a Westworld term into it. Yep. And then they bring her out when they need to do a uh, therapy session the therapy with, session, with one right. of the employees. A wellness session. Your innie is a great sandwich maker. <laughs> Your innie. Uh, Keeps his house very clean. So yes, big reveal is obviously that that Mark S's wife is not dead. It is Mrs. Casey. Yeah, Miss Casey. And is she his is, wife. has essentially been abducted and is a full time any. Which is a huge question mark going into season two. What the hell happened? Was she ever even in a car crash at all, or was she in a car crash and then they somehow created a Miss Casey 
Like we we really we have no, we have no way idea, of knowing, no. but yeah. it does make you think perhaps Mark is even a bigger deal than we 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 are led to believe, right? Mm-hmm. You can think about like Star Wars, like Luke Skywalker's destiny, that kind of thing, right? Like yeah. yeah. You know, Mark as a character, the way he's introduced to us is, hey, the guy before him lost his job, and now you're the guy who has that job. Like, you're the manager of this room now, and there used to be another manager, right? It's his boy Petey. Yeah. Um, now he's Mr. Manager. Which, he's Mr. Manager now. <laughs> but we don't have any other real context to, like, his history at Lumen. All we know is that he was at Lumen Industries, his wife got in a car crash and died, and that caused him to be so grief-stricken and distressed that he was like, fuck this. I need an escape from the pain and suffering. I'm going to go do the severance program. Yeah. But the fact that his freaking, the, the wife he thinks is dead is there and working there is like a whole nother layer of like, well, what the hell? Why would they even do that? Why even risk the, like potentially him being able to recognize her or them making any kind of connection? Yeah. Um, but obviously there is none of that. He never, fin- he doesn't figure and, it out until he sees the picture. You, you do get the feeling that that is part of the experiment. There, uh, Harmony says some things like yeah. when, when he's in the wellness session that like, you know, like they were looking forward to seeing whether or not he would recognize yeah, her. Yeah, he knows nothing. There is no connection made there. They do not have those those memories. And in Mitchkin their brain says something like, "That just shows how well this works." Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, but sick. Some twisted shit there. Very, very twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, man. You know what else I just like kind of realized is like you, you know you take this severed job because, uh, you know because you want a break from the pain, and then I was like, well, but you know you still have half your life that's that has to deal with it. But then how much of that, think about sleep. Your Audi is the one that sleeps. So that's eight or nine hours. You wake up, you go to work. Basically, you're just reducing your own life to evenings, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Very small chunk of time. You only live in a few hours a day. But that's the analogy that makes the show hit. That's real to a lot of us, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, you get off the clock, man. You only got a few hours before bedtime, and then you got to do that shit again the next day. Yeah, And you spend five of the seven days a week doing that shit. That's five-sevenths of your fucking life. And then you pray you might be able to retire at 65, but that number's probably closer to 75 or 85 now. (laughs) And by the time inflation rocks our world, you know, 20 more years, we're never going to retire. We're going to be working forever. Right. Um, And that, that, I'd say that's like the biggest, you know, thing the show hits on is, is... Are we all just slaves to the corporations, yeah, right? Yeah, Are we all yeah. just out here making, and it's that question of like, we're, we're all just the worker bees for the 1%. Somebody else is getting all the joy and, and, and benefits of my hard work, mm-hmm. but I'm the one who has to do it all day, every day, and I never really see the... the... Somebody else gets to be the full-time Audi. Right, right? exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, it's... That's a fascinating topic to play with. And then the way they develop the story, it brings in all these different other different questions around technology. And, and there, there are so many layers to this. There are so many ways that we could sit here and talk for another two hours, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like that, and, and that's what's it, it's it, it's just a it's a marvel that it that it does. You know, it's a puzzle box show. There is a big mystery. And at the same time, it's just like plumbing all these depths of of what it even means to be human in our era um and 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 all the things that you just touched on the commitments that you have to work and your other responsibilities and and what it would be like to 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 split your two brains and and just like and and then the repercussions of all of that yeah. so it's it's uh it's it, it was really just extremely well done I, I i actually thought the middle episodes were were pretty good and and pretty interesting i mean i think that's where we get the death of the security guard 
Yeah. We get Heli trying to kill herself. Mr. Grainer dies. Heli tries um, to hang herself. Her innie does. They When they talk about her innie that tried to kill, he's like, her Egan dad or whatever, grandpa, I don't know which one it is. He's like, I, I heard what she tried to what do. What she you. tried to do. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I was like disgusted and upset. Like talking about, it's her. It's, it's her. It's her. <laughs> what do you mean? It's her. Yeah. Um, yeah. That shit was all amazing. What did you think of, okay, so one of my, again, I just love everything about it. So I'm just going to say another great thing about this show is that we have John Turturro, who is a grade A actor. I'll just, he's he's really, really fucking good. All-time character actor, yeah. And Christopher Walken, out of nowhere. all-time character actor. Who was an all-time character actor. And then they bring those two together. Um, what the Irving and Burt's relationship is one of the more fascinating parts of the show because we don't learn anything about those two men until the final episode of the season about their Audis, about their anything. Wh- how the f- why are they drawn to each other? What the hell is happening here? Do they know each other on the outside? Were they married on the outside? I asked all these questions over the course of the season. I was like, what is it that is bringing these two do, or is it just that their innies? even devoid of memories and context, are attracted to each other. And that may be very well be the case. But what we end up seeing is Irving, you know, of course, when he gets out, he doesn't stick to the plan like he's supposed to. He goes straight to fucking <laughs> Bert's house. Well, not straight. First, he starts pulling out stuff. He, he, he wakes up, and we find out this whole time his Audi is painting the hallway yeah. to the break room. Which is a thing that we never get answers about. What the fuck is happening in the or break to room? the little dingy down room, the Red Arrow down room, where Miss Miss Casey goes to like be put in cold storage, cold storage again. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he's painting. Can't totally tell if those two are different hallways or if they're the same. But they're yes. dark, ominous hallways. They are dark, ominous yeah. hallways, and that is what he is painting over and over and over and over again on any um, canvas that that he that can, he can find. find. Yeah, and then he's got this this uh, like chest. As he listens to Ace of Spades. Something angry. The Ace of Spades. But he's got this chest that's filled with what seems like years of looking into this. Like he's in military stuff. Like he either he was in the military or his dad was in the military. But that's where the it the thing that made it me go ding. Well, this the most advantageous mm-hmm. practical use of severance would be for war. So that you've got the ability to go and take lives and then come back and not be impacted by that mm-hmm. as a regular citizen. Obviously, PTSD is a huge problem for people who serve in the military. Sure. Uh, but his character, what, what was your take there? Like, what did you think about him going through all those lists and, like, then he finds uh, Bert's real name or whatever, his address, and mm-hmm. goes over to his, like, what was your read? Do you think John's character, Irving, is aware of the program. Like, I, I think it, to me, it was pretty clear that he was researching it on, on some level. Yes. It seemed like Irv's Audi what, was aware of potentially the nefarious goings ons of Lumen and had, started, and had started doing investigations, putting together lists of people he had found. Like, it was like a list of the severed workers, yeah. right? Stuff, stuff like that. And it was a lot um, of people. Whereupon his innie is able to find Bert's name and Bert's address. He goes uh, over there. He's go- banging on the door. He sees Bert with his husband mm-hmm. or partner. But we never get to see what happens. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. Right, right. 
Um, so, so yeah, it just seemed like Irv's Audi was kind of on the case already. Yeah. You know? Well, you have to imagine Irving's character moving forward plays a huge, I mean, will continue to play a huge part in the show. That was one of my questions. Like, how many of these guys are we going to get out of here with? And Heli as well. Girls, guys, both of them. How many of them are going to make it to season two? Because I want to sure. learn more about them or whatever. And I'm just stoked that Irving... Is, that he he's going to have a very Dylan interesting is obviously story like tackled off of the switches, so he will be in uh, major doo doo. You got to assume, or 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 he's going to take that knife and slit Michigan's throat. Is my hope. Because <laughs> yeah. here's here's one of the things I'm thinking for season two. Season one ends. Dylan's getting tackled off the switches. Which, by the way, why he was so insistent on doing that by himself, having to stand there like this, barely mm-hmm. holding each trigger. What the fuck, man? Why? Well, it's very dramatic. So yeah, I know he really killed me. <laughs> Um, but he gets tackled off there, and it makes me think, okay, so the season ends with Mark yelling, she's alive, and then obviously he goes back to his Audi. He's not even going to know what he was saying. Everybody's going to go, what? And he's going to go, well, I don't know, back to the party, right? Like, (laughs) it's it's going to be brutal to see that moment. But one of my thoughts is, okay, they might have Dylan, like, legitimately kill Michigan and then hit the switch again because I don't know if it makes sense for them to have worked that freaking hard to get what? All that happened was Heli yells out like, "Don't do this shit! They're torturing us in there. It's fucking brutal!" Like, well, so here, so here, here's what we do have though. We've got that we everybody has a little bit more knowledge. True. So Irv's Innie knows that Irv's Audi is doing research on this. True. Can they start to like? We also have the reintegration thing at play. Mm-hmm. Here's a question: We. Like, so Bert, for example, right? He's being retired. He's leaving. Does he get to just go back to being a full-time Audi? Is that what Irv means by their killing by their killing him? Is that his innie will cease to exist? I believe so. Or once you're done being a severed worker, are they going to, like, end your entire life, both innie and Audi? Yeah. And so, I, I, to answer, I think it's the, the innies and, all, like, so if, if he answers the door, he's going to have no fucking clue who Irving yeah, is. Right. Theoretically, yes. And so you're you're essentially when you do that, when you do separate these things, when you when you stop using one of them, you are you, you've created two lives. Essentially, you are kind of killing someone. You're ending you're, one. You're, you're ending one of those lives. Um, An existence. So 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 Irv's yeah. so will have that information. Um, Mark has told his sister a bunch of stuff. His any. Oh, good point. So you think that she'd be able to relay that to him? Maybe she he's holding that picture frame. Can she put those pieces of the puzzle together? Um, now, the the interesting thing to me is that Lumen and these workers will be at some sort of a stalemate because now that the swishes are off and it's only Audis out there, well, the Audis are bringing their asses to work every day. Right. And I mean, so, th- so they're all like, like, you know, barring somebody being like, you cannot go back, which I think only Mark S might have. They're all just going to go back to work the next day. Which is, the question is, like, why would Lumen allow any of these people who have just clearly broken the system to go back and not be murdered? Like, why wouldn't they be like, all right, get back in here, Dylan, Irving, it's going to be fine. Because then, because my my thinking is, well, Lumen can't just execute these four people because people are, then people are going to be like, yeah, they went to work, all four of them, and then none of them were ever seen from again. Right. Which wouldn't or heard from again. Wouldn't be easy to cover which up. Which seems like it would raise a shitload of red flags. So like Lumen kind of needs these people to be going in and out for proof of concept on the whole severance thing that they, that this is even workable. Right. Because they're so, trying to pitch it to the biggest to the the general population. So so, yeah. so the the problem that they will obviously have is that now all of the innies have even more information and will be 
when they are in, will be, you know, trying to do even more to figure out what the hell is going on. So that how, how do they reconcile that? What do they do with the innies since they can't really kill the outies? And they can't trust either of them anymore. And they can't really trust anybody anymore. Yeah. So it, it's 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 all um there there yeah, where are they go in season 2, there's it seems like there's a lot that they can do with do with it. Um and, that was and, a, and just a Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just a crazy crazy you know. I'm a huge cliffhanger and I was just like because those last three episodes I just like you want to watch back oh, to back man. to back to back. <sighs> Couldn't stop. And then, I mean, I just, you know, if there had been a season two available, I, I feel like I would have, you know, watched three more episodes. Yeah, the moment, uh, one of the moments that really was like, holy shit, was when Dylan gets accessed when he's out. He's his Audi, and Mitchkin decides, this motherfucker stole something, I have to ask him where it is right now. And we find out that they can turn these dudes on, basically, turn yep. them into their innies whenever they please, which yes. is not something they knew prior yep. and is obviously even more uh, evil and sick and twisted. It just, what a show, man. I mean, it, it had a little bit of everything. It, the fact that Rickon played such a big role that his book, right, his book oh, being yeah. <laughs> accidentally delivered to these people, basically, because Michigan just throws it on a chair and, like, somebody finds it. It's the thing that gets them all to start thinking about their their and, lives, their freedom, their relationship with work, right? Just another great layer to the show that this guy who's just like a complete blowhard in real life. Yes. You know, a, a kind of a joke. Yeah. Writing a, you know, another in the heap of like bullshit, nonsensical self-help, self-help books. books. And yet to the all, you know, all the kind of inane stuff that he's writing all the dumb sentences he's putting together are are bible to these to people that have no memory that yeah. have no 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 context right so i love i loved that too that like this book is so impactful they're all to, reading it to, secretly to, and to shit. the yeah. innies and it, and it's becoming you know this like the, this this kind of sacred text uh and and to anybody in the outside world it's kind of like oh you know just a, a big eye roll um, last question, because we got to wrap up here, but the part where Mark, so his buddy, um, Petey, obviously approaches him, tells him like, look, bro, I was your best friend in there. Shit is not as it seems. I've been making a map. I've been figuring stuff out. I've been talking to these people and they're helping me reintegrate and blah, 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 blah. And he eventually gets in contact with those people who helped Mark or helped, yep. uh, Petey reintegrate. We meet the woman very briefly. She murders Mr. Grainer and... That's it. We do not go back to no, the resistance, no, right? No. So we, as I'll yeah. call it. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a big part of season two. I have to imagine is yes. Mark getting with the resistance, figuring out exactly what they've got going, who this person is. Um, just going to be nuts, man. I've, I've, I don't know that I've ever looked forward to a show season two as much <laughs> as I've looked forward to it because it's it, we got we got so much and and almost none of our questions were answered, yeah. other than that Mark's wife is you know obviously did not pass away in a car crash. Maybe I, I mean it, it's. Yeah, and so that that's kind of the question for a show like this heading into a season two is now you're you're forced to kind of like answer questions and develop plot about what Lumen is, what they're doing, what the hell is Kier Egan, why is this a cult, how does this exist, how many people follow Kier, like what what's going to happen, like all this, and so you're almost as as a show and as a writer and as a director and and all of that, you're kind of forced to like start abandoning just the core concept of the show which is the thought-provoking piece in in the first place right 
And so you kind of dangerous game. Yeah. And so you have you you have to shift almost from being like, what a cool concept. Let me make you think about all these things to here's how we continue the story. Like more plot points. More plot more points. Plot driven, and, that, yeah. and, and that's always a, a, a very delicate balancing act that like, you know, can they continue to talk about the big picture issues here while also giving us a more developed story in season two? And that's, you know, that that that's definitely, that's a trick that, that we'll see if they can pull off or not. I lied. I have one more question. They, the location where we are, the city is incredibly secluded. We get shots that don't give us much, but they show you. I mean, there are. It is a lot of forest between these people and fucking anything. Which, mm-hmm. which brought the question to me: like, is the entire place all under the influence of Lumen? Like, we don't know dick about Rick and Mark's sister past that. Mark, that Rick and wrote this book and is a silly ass man in some yeah. ways. So, th- I mean, that's when I talk about. They've got a lot of decisions to make. I mean, they could go as far as that. Like, to none of this shit is attached to reality, or all of these people are somehow a version of Severed. Or, like, I mean, we really don't know, and that's what makes the show so special. So if you uh, if you have thoughts and feelings on Severance you watched, please holler at Barrett and I on social media. We would love to talk to you about it. At Barrett Dudley on Twitter and Instagram. At WR Bolin on Twitter and Instagram. I could not more highly recommend We Own This City. It is just The Wire 2.0. That's it. It's There's... Nothing comp in terms of originality, you know, severance being as original as it gets. <laughs> this is the opposite end of the spectrum. It has been done. I do not care. It is glorious. And they brought a bunch of the wire guys in to do We Own This mm-hmm. City. It's fucking awesome. David Simon is still behind it. Um, Baltimore continues to be one of the most interesting subject matter in terms of city that you could pick. I'm fascinated by it. I've loved it so far. We Own This City is awesome. Barrett and I will be back soon, as I said. Could not more look forward to August with y'all and starting House of the Dragon deep into August. We will start covering House of the Dragon stuff probably late July, um, roughly a month out from the premiere of House of the Dragon. So we'll start to get into some of the the specifics around our characters and like what we do in prep. That's what I mean. What we do know about the show, we will... uh, prepare more diligently than we did just for today's teaser trailer talk. Like, I want to know the family names. I do not want to be spending episode one trying to figure out who 40 different people are (laughs) so that I can understand what's happening. Um, So we'll try to provide some information and uh, prep work in that month leading up to the premiere of House of the Dragon. Tell all your clam fam, friends and fam, that we are back for House of the Dragon, that OCC is back for the first Game of Thrones spinoff on HBO uh, starting at the end of August. Appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for being here. If you want to watch The Sopranos with us, go to patreon.com slash oystersclamscockles. We'll be back soon. Deuces! Deuces!